welcome back to the Sporting Lounge with your fantastic host, Austin and I. Tonight, we will be talking about Week 14 NFL football, fantasy perspective over and odds, bets, and congratulations, Austin, on the 100th episode. What a milestone. What a milestone. Fun milestone. Yes, sir. But leave it apart for almost half of them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Long ways. I have been. Time flies. Time yes, flies. Sir. It does, doesn't it? It's wild. Wild. <laughs> so real quick. Wild, wild west. Um, <clears throat> I saw this report, and I kind of want you to get an opinion on it. Uh, so there's a couple things I, I want to talk about. This one's smaller. The next topic's going to be a little bit bigger. One, what do you think about Jake Ferguson being apparently back security blanket? Do you think that's going to cause his fantasy relevance to boom? Or do you think he's just going to kind of be more of a boom bust maybe, player with more bust? Maybe a 5% swing in roster at this juncture. Okay. That's about where I put it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then my next thing. Um, the college football playoffs and the fact that it looks like ESPN might have known in 10-15 minutes beforehand Mm -hmm. so my question is do you think they knew and do you agree with the rankings no I think they might have known um but I don't know like they might have known like a little bit ahead, so then they could broadcast it. Right. Not necessarily like in a malicious way. Maybe they got like thirty minutes early, and they started getting the broadcast ready. That's Very what fun. probably happened. Very possible. Now, I'm like, as if that is what happened. Florida State not getting in. Obscene. <laughs> You're setting a dangerous precedent. I yeah. think so. Um. But also at the same time, I, I think it was kind of a. Cause I, 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 to me, the only guaranteed team was Washington, mm-hmm. and then the last three spots were was a four way fight. Yeah. Also at the same time, I'm not surprised Alabama made it. I don't think they should have, but I'm not surprised that they did. I mean, Michigan earned their spot at this juncture. You can make a debate. They went undefeated, first of all. Yeah, again, okay. But I'm just saying you can make that debate because Florida got one undefeated and won their championship, won their conference. But they didn't beat number three in the nation. Okay, but there's still that debate that you can have that they might have maybe not, not made it and Florida State made it over them. I don't know. You could also make that debate that Georgia maybe deserved it more. Than, than fucking Alabama. But Alabama beat them. Or, or Michigan. Yeah, but jump fucking four spots? Come on. That's fair. Florida State not getting it is so fucking cool. When they were already ranked four. Yeah. Like, I understand them staying at four and Texas jumping up to three. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand that because Texas played phenomenal. And I understand Washington moving up to two because they played phenomenal. To me, they should be the number one team in the country based on the season they've played. 
Yeah, I would have kept Michigan. They're very good. Too. I would have kept Michigan at two, Washington one, Texas three, Florida State four. That's kind of how I would have done it, personally. Um, because I think kind of like what, what this is saying is is if you're not the Big Ten and if you're not an SEC school, you almost have no shot. Yeah. Right, because even though Texas isn't one yet, they will be next year. So I, I think it's good they're going to the 12-team playoffs because then this wouldn't matter. There'd be no controversy yeah. because everyone would be in the playoffs. Right, you're just playing for that. I, I don't know if there's going to be a bye week for them or if every team is playing from the get-go in the playoffs. I'm not sure either. Or... I didn't look too much into it because like nothing's been confirmed yet, has it? Uh, I, I mean, the 12-team playoff is confirmed. Um, that's we why we don't know the enrollment, the details of it, though. Yeah, correct. So I don't think we know how it's going to be done. Um, yeah, but even if that's the case, you know, you only gonna have like the one or two seed, really good yeah. bye week if there is a bye week, kind of thing. So almost kind of doesn't matter, but it also does. Uh huh. I'm. I don't know, man. I I think Florida got got hoed pretty bad. And I think so too. That's something I'll die on because they deserved it. I don't think Alabama necessarily did, although Alabama is not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season, nor is Florida State. So I understand them not getting it. But then if you're going to do that to Alabama, you have to look at other teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and apply that same logic, right? Because by that same, you could argue Michigan doesn't deserve it. You could argue Texas doesn't deserve to be in it. Yeah. Because um, even though they both got a couple big wins, Florida State has some big wins too as well. So I don't, I, 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 it's sad because they deserve to be in that playoffs. And I don't know, I guess we'll have to see what happens next year. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. What would have been your rankings? Would have been how it is now and have Florida State at four, not Alabama? Michigan, Washington, Bama, Florida State. Oh. Bama did beat the number one team in the nation. That's an all right one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you should have jumped them up, but not high enough to be not five slots. Personally. I feel like, really, it was like a tie at five. And, well, kind of how, like, a lot of people were saying was that it was really a, a tie at, at three, but since mm-hmm. Texas beat Bama earlier, they gave it the tiebreaker to Texas. Yeah. It's kind of how a lot of people were describing it. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense because Texas did beat them by 10. So why wouldn't the tiebreaker go to Texas? Yeah, Texas earned it. You know, they did. But but like if I had to pick what my top four would have been like prior to it, like if I'm predicting, mm-hmm. that would have been my order because like I think they would have won Bama in more than Texas at this juncture. They always won Bama and man. So I get it. Mm-hmm. They, they never not want to have Bama. They need yeah. to have Bama. They need <laughs> Bama. Roll tide. Roll you know, tides roll into the ground. One of my favorite players for the Steelers played for Alabama. Najee Harris. Steelers, Patriots, 
Thursday night football. What you thinking? I'm thinking uh, that I hate hate being a fan of a losing team. I'm not used to it. And it's just going to continue this week because the Steelers are going to win 17-7. to I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, that's kind of my my line right now. Um, I think you can start Zeke if Ramondre doesn't play because he's questionable right now. You sit whoever the hell the quarterback's going to be for the Patriots. And the Steelers. And the Steelers, yeah, because you don't really trust Mr. Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> and whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones playing, it's potentially only two quarters from, from both of them, right? Neither one of them may play the full game. And so because of that, you, you can't trust the receivers. Maybe the tight ends, but the the running backs seem to have a safest play for the Patriots. The only ones that you can fully count on and go for. And then from the Steelers side of the ball, I would fire up Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. But then sitting their quarterbacks and receivers for the exact same reasons. Right? Mm -hmm. Like Mick Trubisky could be good enough to get you the win but not good enough to give fantasy relevance to the wide receivers or the tight end. I agree. I think Fryermuth could have a big game. Yeah, and, and it's it is like that's kind of what I was going to circle back to. Like if a receiver has a big game, it's going to be one of the tight ends from either team. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the the tight ends are the play outside of the running backs. Yeah, you know, I trust Hunter Henry I'd feel comfortable with. Pat Briarmouth, I'd feel comfortable with. Connor Hayward, if you really want to go for a boomer bust. Um, he's been getting a lot of quiet touches this season. Yeah. What better often than against a shitty Patriots team? Shitty offense. Hey, bro, we ass. <laughs> we terrible. I'm going to cry. It makes me so sad, dude. So sad. Mood. Well, mood is brutal. Anyways, I don't know, man. I think it's thirteen to three Steelers. I think the smart move is to just run the ball down the Patriots' throats and just win the game. Do I think that's what the Steelers are going to do? No, I think that they're just going to randomly start trying to gunsling it with Mitch Trubisky, make the game closer than it has to be. Yo, man, I could also see it being like a nine to zero win for mm-hmm. the Steelers. I could see it being a second straight shutout. I could see it too. This I'd is going to be a good defensive game, but it's going to be bad offensively. Unless a different yeah. Trubisky shows up, which is possible. Bailey Zappi could develop. Yeah, assuming he doesn't just play just the first half. Or yeah. second half, so... <laughs> You don't really get to see much that way, you know. So who knows yeah. who's, what's going to happen? Who who knows what Bailey Zappi we're going to get, or what Mac Jones is going to get? Maybe Mac Jones plays and throws for four hundred yards, four touchdowns, and we whoop your ass. I don't know. I'd cry. I would laugh so hard, and the way I would be so excited for Tuesday is crazy. 
I don't care yeah. what order we're going in. That's the first game we're talking about. Well, it would be the first game we talk about. I know, but and if you try to, like, if try to like, steer clear of it, I would just like reel, no, I wanna. reel it back in. <laughs> no, but the second game we're going to talk about this week, Falcons-Bucks. Uh, Sid Baker. Trash. Sid Baker. Wild. Trash. 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 Terrible quarterback. Hate him. Uh, obviously, you start Mike Evans and Rashad White. I think they're pretty safe bets. Well, mainly Mike Evans, but Rashad White, I think you could play pretty comfortably. Wouldn't be upset about that. Oh. Chris Godwin, he's had some really good weeks, but he's also had some weeks where he wasn't really productive because he wasn't getting the work. And this could be one of those weeks, but I'd still be willing to start him because I think he's going to pop off against a weaker Falcons secondary. They've been playing not as great. So I'd be willing to start him. And I think that's about it from the from the Bucks. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. You know, on the Falcons side of the ball, I don't know how much I'm trusting the running attack. Allegier, I probably wouldn't start this week. Bijan, obviously, for how much you had to give up for him, you're starting at least a flex. You Desmond Ritter. Bijan for the Capitals yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, I wouldn't start this week. And another receivers I'd start either. Um, Only one I'd be considering is Drake London. Even Drake London, I'm not too high on. What's the score you're giving this game? I'm not high on him either, but he's the only one I'd, I'd consider. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing like five points from him. I think he gets 11. I think 12 is the ceiling. I think he gets, you know, like five catches, 50 yards. Five catches, 60 yards, something like that. That's kind of why I'm thinking he's going to land. Bro, part of me wants to say this, the the Falcons. Not even going to lie. Part of me wants to say the Bucks. Because this game is kind of 50-50 to me. Because they're both not good. And they're both kind of bad. But I'm going to give it to the Bucks. 21 to 17. I think I'm thinking the difference. 27-13 Falcons. Ooh. I think the difference maker for for the Bucks is going to be the quarterback play. As much as I don't like Baker, he's a much better quarterback than Desmond Ritter. That's fair. That's fair. Why do you think the I think the Falcons offense. I think that it's just going to be like a steady pace of attack. Short field situations. Selling for white field field goals. Getting a couple tutties. So do you think it's just going to be a ground and pound from the Falcons? No, I think Desmond Ritter throws a couple picks. Mm-hmm. Takes a couple sacks. Throws a couple touchdowns. But he's going to be worth like probably 10 points would be my guess. Bijan's probably going to have a good day. I'm expecting about a 100-yard performance with a yeah. touchdown. A couple receptions. You know, 15, 25 points. Do you think Bijan, with how much, especially rookie drafts, right? You have to draft him one on one, and even in some like redraft leagues, do you think he's almost an odd lock for how high you draft him? I think he has to be. I would say so too because you draft him pretty high. 
So it's like even in redraft, yeah. You draft them highly. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so I think I would agree with you. Like you have to play him just because of how high you drafted him. You can't really sell unless, a player in your bench. Unless you have like Jalen Ward or something. And like you have a yeah. good RB2. Maybe like, if you have Jalen Ward and Zach Moss. Ooh, that'd be deadly. Or, you know, if you could get your hands on a guy like Montgomery, like in a later round. Where do you rank Bijan in your tier? Probably around eight, maybe nine. Okay, let me ask you a different question, which goes with this. Rank your RBs one through ten. RB1, you already know. CMC, obviously. Yeah, I'm just oh, shit, we went in different directions. No, Christian McCaffrey. I was going to say Miles Sanders, but, you know, I like CMC better. So I get it. Number two, I would say Alvin Kamara. He's not doing a lot rushing, but he's just so involved on the offense. Yeah, the offense runs through Alvin, you know. It just does. If Alvin doesn't have a good game, they lose, period. They don't necessarily win every game that he has a good game, but, you know, like, you don't necessarily need to have a good game or win every game to have a good game, especially when you're catching the ball 10 times <laughs> some games and you're carrying the ball for 50 yards and you got 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, like, fancy-wise, that's 21 points, and it's pretty consistent that he has a stat line like that. So it's just like... Yeah, there's, like, one game where you got, I think it was, like, 17 targets, 15 targets. Mm-hmm. I uh, like 10 or 11 catches on top of that. It, it was absurd. Yeah. The number three, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards Montgomery just because of his touchdown potential or Gus Edwards, even just because of the same reason. Those are my three and four interchangeably. James yeah. Conner is probably five or six. So kind of like Jamal Williams. That's kind of what yeah. Montgomery's been. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, short yardage guy, but like David Montgomery just tears for five or six yards every carry. And then, you know, Najee doesn't have, Najee plays a similar way, but he just doesn't have the touchdowns behind him to back it up. You know, when we're talking about fantasy rankings. Yeah. And if David Montgomery didn't have the touchdowns, we wouldn't be talking about him the same way, right? Because exactly. We'd be talking about him like we talk about Najee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People would be like, okay, it's time for Jameer Gibbs. Time for Gibbs take over the workload. But yep. since he's getting those touchdowns and getting those points fantasy-wise, we're like, okay, this is a deadly one-two punch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I got to put Connor up there pretty well, pretty high up too. Eckler as well. You know, Eckler above Connor, so probably five, Eckler, six, Connor, seven, Saquon, because he just hasn't been healthy consistently enough. Eight, Bijan. Nine, Najee. Number 10, Pacheco. Honestly. Pacheco's been good. Okay. I actually really like your list. So let me ask you this then real quick before we move on to the next week. Where would you rank Davon Cook and Zeke if they're on different teams being the, the lead back, the bell cow? Zeke? Probably about 13. Dalvin Cook, probably about six. 
I think that's fair because I, Dalvin Cook to me has always been the better back between the two, especially mm-hmm. in those lead bell call situations. Because I mean, you can He's go back to the past. Dalvin Cook has been more consistent. The thing the, is with Dalvin Cook, his whole career, he grinds down defenses, and he has the speed to go ahead and make those like grinded yards mm-hmm. into the explosive plays. Yeah, because like, like the difference. So many times, so many times you'll see him go. Inside, 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 outside, and they explode yep. for those mm-hmm. outside yards. And that just tears your defense up. You start packing inside, run a pinch or something, get a mic coming down the alley, try to hit that B gap, and next thing you know, Dalvin's going the other way, and now you don't got your mic to cover him. Now he's just tearing through the secondary. Right. Looking King Henry asked. It's a deadly combination. But I do think Montgomery would be doing it better. And that leads us to our next game. Bears Lions. Mm-hmm. I so bad want to say the Bears win. That's so wild of you. So so quirky. But I'm gonna say Lions won this, even though I don't want to. They probably win twenty seven to seventeen, I think. 27 to 20, somewhere that range. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 27, 17, to be exact. I think they they win this pretty handily. I think they're gonna control the whole game. The Bears aren't gonna really be able to stop the passing attack. Maybe limit the run game a little bit because uh, they got a good front four, good front seven, but their secondary is lacking a little bit, especially in recent weeks. So, with, but with that being said, like, I think you fire up Jared Goff. I think you fire up Dave Montgomery, Amon Ross, and Brown. You play, and you play Sam LaPorte, obviously, because he's just been playing too good, especially as a rookie, to not start him. Yeah, he's Unless a stud. Unless you someone not named Kelsey or something like that, you know. <laughs> um, Even so, do you think LaPorte is good enough to be in a flex spot? I mean, I think so. I think you still put him in your lineup, even if you have someone like a Kelsey or a Kittle. I think he's worth it. I think he'll get you more points than, you know, someone else that you put in in your flex spot. So I, I think I would. And then for the Bears side, I think you can safely start Justin Fields in this game. And then obviously DJ Moore. I think it's good enough to start because he's doing just as good as Amon Ra. He has just 14 less catches on the season, but almost identical stats. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, especially with new quarterbacks coming into play. Yeah. Or not, you know, like allegedly at practice for for the Bears. Mm-hmm. There's been, you know, extra practices being done with the starters and shit, you know. So if that comes to fruition, what you think, you know? I don't know, man. You start. It's, I really don't like anyone on this Bears team. I really think the score is going to be like 34-13 Lions. You know, I'm starting Goff. You know, I am starting Amon Ra, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Montgomery, obviously. I think Gibbs is a safe start here. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if Gibbs has a boom boom game this week. Uh, Komet, I'd be comfortable starting a tight end as a low value tight end, especially if you're streaming. 
for the Bears. Yeah. But that's not that's really all feeling from this game. Yeah. No one else? Not particularly. You know what? Okay, so let me ask you this. Is what do you think is the biggest hole on their roster is? Like the Bears? You, what is their biggest yeah, the biggest the biggest position of need? Wide receiver. See, I was thinking uh quarterback. I'm just kidding. I think wide receiver is fair. I know we've talked about this in the past. The Bears still need to draft Martin, Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I think Marvin Harrison does a lot for that team. It does something for you that drafting a quarterback just doesn't, which drafting Marvin Harrison gives you that number one wide receiver for the next four or five years. Guaranteed. Done deal. Mm-hmm. It get it gets you a better character guy, and it makes it so Justin Fields has to prove that he is him. So you're either getting a playoff berth this right. next year, or you know that you're drafting a new quarterback. So if Justin Fields shits the bed, Marvin Harrison won't be good enough to carry the team to an extra like three or four wins even because he's a wide receiver and Justin Fields is. Like, I don't see Marvin Harrison coming in and just getting the Bears four wins. It's either Marvin Harrison comes in and Justin Fields and Marvin Harrison get the Bears to, like, 12 total wins on the season. But I don't see them, like, coming out of, like, more than four wins on the year just because they draft Marvin Harrison. You know, that that's just kind of where I'm at with the Bears. So, like, they draft Marvin Harrison. I don't see them going, like... Eight and nine or nine and eight, and then getting a mid round draft pick, and now they can't pick their quarterback. No, it's like they're still going to be drafted in the top five, probably, maybe even top 10. Like, and you get two high first round picks here. Take guys that are going to support Justin Fields because you know what happens if Justin Fields doesn't work out? You got that support system for the next quarterback. And we've seen quarterbacks succeed in that exact exchange many times before. Ample C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. Bryce Young's offense wasn't ready for him to blossom in. C.J. Stroud's was. And it's that simple. You know, wide receivers stepped up to the plate, young guys that did. But you look at where the foundation begins with their offensive line, that $103 million offensive line. There's a reason that C.J. Stroud is able to pass so effectively. He has all day in the fucking pocket. You know, look at a guy like Brock Purdy, who is a guy that's not elite, by any stretch of the imagination, just analytically or, you know, anyway, but he looks elite for the 49ers. So it's a good support system. And and that's he does. a battle, especially for young quarterback, right? That, that's, that's why we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks fail. I, that's why we saw Ryan Tannehill fail with the Jags. That's why we've mm-hmm. kind of seen Bryce Young play the way he's been playing. Orange with the Jaguars at the beginning of his career. Andrew Luck had, you know, pretty bad for the first few years with the Colts. You know? Mm -hmm. You never give that team that support system. So it's like, when a that's why I always kind of hate when people call a quarterback a system quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because every player is a system player to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think... Some systems just help players a lot more than others, and some players are better fitted for certain systems or certain coaches or whatever. And and it's not a knock on anyone at that. Yeah. I I mean, like, look at 
change that Jared Goff had. You know, like the Rams are one of those teams where they're like not very stable at the core of the organization, especially during Jared Goff's tenure there. You know, he goes over to the Lions and they already have a stable system with their offensive line and young wide receivers that are very talented and able to grow. You know, and with the addition of Sam Laporta being introduced in that concoction on that offense, and then it could really make the rest of the Lions are scary. Yeah. You know, like, and Jared Goff, he's good enough to pilot this team. He just is. You know, so as long as he doesn't make a Buxo deal from another team, he's probably going to be the Lions for cheap. Yeah, because, like, true. And with, like, Jared Goff, as an example, he doesn't have to be some superstar caliber type player. Mm-hmm. He just has to play well. He just has to play good. He doesn't have to be at that superstar level. There's not as much pressure on him being on the Lions as there was with him being on the Rams. Mm-hmm. After the Super Bowl right. appearance and what yeah. he choked, yeah. kind of. And then being like a top pick. Mm-hmm. You know, too. And I, I mean, well, being a Patriots fan, I'm glad played bad yeah. and choked a little bit. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. Speaking of teams that choke deep in playoff runs, Colts, Bengals. Oof. Oof. Dude, after last game, I kind of want to start Jake Browning. I think I'm. I think that would be a fatal mistake. I don't think that the Bengals are going to be able to stick into the Colts like they did. Listen, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Is it a risk you're really willing to take? Really willing to take? It's him or Aiden, o- it's him or Aiden O'Connell. Okay, well, yeah, then he's the safer bet. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Those are my two backups because Burrow got hurt. Yeah, Jake Browning's probably better. I'm I'm willing to take that bet because he has the better offense, I think, as a whole, because he has Mixon and Chase, which I think he fire up. What about Boyd? I was about to bring that up. You could potentially start Boyd. Is Higgins supposed to be coming back this week? Uh, Let me look at the injury report, I'll tell you. Let's see. Higgins is. He's not on the injury report. Yep, awesome. Higgins, I think, is someone... Did you know T. Higgins is six foot four? Yeah. I always think of him as a smaller guy. I always think of him as a smaller type receiver. It's an agile he is. And then, like, but then he's so big and tall, he can just high point the ball so well, so you just throw the ball out to him, and most of the time he's going to come down with it. T. Higgins on any other team in the NFL would be a number one wide receiver. I think there's very few teams where he wouldn't be. Then those teams. The Raiders. Okay. Uh, the 49ers. Okay. The Bills. Argue he wouldn't be. The Bills, he would not be. Um, Hensley, the Jets. Because I think Gary Wilson is really good, and I think the Jets really love Gary Wilson, so they might give the edge to him. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can make that argument. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, yes. Maybe the Titans. No, I think he could take over D-Hop. He could, but it depends on how much they love D-Hop, right? Yeah. I think D-Hop 
inherently is just going to have the number one role because of his career so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it kind of adds with Detroit. Oh, yeah, because they got Amon Ra. So I could understand the argument for him. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle. The Rams. Seattle. And the Rams. But so but I think we're pretty much at like half the league almost. Yeah, but also teams. also I think that he would be competing in all of those teams for wide receiver one. Yeah, but every other team, I think he'd be the certified number one. Yeah. Giants, number one. Patriots, number one. Steelers, number one. I think George Pickens should be number one. Mm-hmm. I think T. Higgins is better than Deontay Johnson, honestly. But I don't think he's better than George Pickens. Okay, so close number two. Yeah, close number three. Two. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to put him above Zay Flowers. I think. I think so too. Jaguars. Calvin Ridley's a stud and all, but like T. Higgins is really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's nothing against Calvin Ridley. It's just, I think T. Higgins is low-key, like, Moss-like. And he doesn't get the credit. You know? Because he hasn't had those fantastic catches that are, like, replayable. George Pickens, the biggest reason that he has his name out there and everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's a wide receiver for the Steelers, is because he had that amazing catch, I believe, against the Bengals and one against the Browns. Yeah. Like, that one-handed grab, he snatched it out the air. Arguably better than OBJ's, you know. Like, you can make that argument. You know, George Pickens doesn't have that catch. Not as many people know him. T. Higgins hasn't had that catch, but he's just a solid, like, consistent, all-around great player. And he's he has the ability to moss players. He just <clears throat> doesn't really have to usually because he has really good route, like, precision. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he has to like get matched up on a fade because you got Jamar Chase doing that. So his job on this offense is to try to draw attention off of him. And he's a stud. So I would start him this week. I like him in this matchup. And the Dolphins, you want to put T. Higgins over. Not the number one on. Yeah. Here's some numbers for you. That's what I thought about the Dolphins. Last week against the Jags. Three receptions on three targets. Against the Buffalo Bills, eight receptions, nine targets, 110 yards. Mm-hmm. So broke the 100-yard barrier, so that's five points. So he's at 16 plus the eight, you know, that's 24 points. Just two weeks ago. The week before that, five receptions on six targets, 69 yards. So 11 points, really solid, mm-hmm. almost 12. Week before that and the week before that aren't as great, but two receptions on four targets, 20 yards, and two receptions, four targets, 19 yards. You know, it's just like he's almost catching everything that's being thrown his way. It's like 75% plus of the passes getting thrown his way. He's just coming down. You make excellent points. So, I mean, how confident are you the rest of the year? I think he only gets better. You know, I think against the Jags, he's still coming off injury. You know, I think his injury was worse than people really realize. He missed three weeks on an injury that usually only takes one or two weeks off. 
But, you know, if he's having that difficult of a time, maybe he's still coming off of it and he's trying to will through it. You know, some players deal with pain differently than others. You know, grit is a sat, you know, like if you want to look at it like that, you know. Players that are able to tough out pain like Ronnie Lott, who can cut his pinky off in the middle of a game and come back in. Not every guy is like that. Yeah, not every guy's built like that. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those things. So, you know, some players that are able to deal with concussions all day, you know, can't deal with a broken finger. Look at Brett Favre. Brett Favre says, oh, yeah, I used to get my bell rung all the time. But, you know, mm-hmm. you look at a guy like Vontez Perfect, who is able to play through broken bone injuries and Ben Roethlisberger for the same manner, but they get a concussion and they're out of the game. Just different guys handle shit differently, you know, and... He just got caught up on the bad side of an injury, and I don't think it's going to be long-term effectiveness being declined. I think, honestly, I think right now is one of the best times to buy him because he's going to be a free agent after next season. So he'll end up being a number one receiver on another team, and you can go ahead and snatch him, especially in dynasty leagues. How much would he buy him for? A second. Do you think that's high or fair or low? I think that's a little high. I'd say like 60% at 50%. Okay. So just like, above. So not too bad. Yeah. You know, like ideally I would give a player that's second to third round value later second, ideally. I think I could agree with that. Honestly. I, I think a second round is more than fair. Mm-hmm. And if they try to push for a first or a second and a little, like a lower rated player, I think that'd be like an auto no for me. Mm-hmm. It's like automatic. That's too rich for my blood. Yeah. I, I think the second round is just above fair. Yeah. You know, you know, like he does have only 30 receptions, 364 yards and two TDs on the season. So, you know, in 14 weeks, that means he's averaging what? Or 13 weeks finished. He's averaging two receptions per game, a little bit over two receptions per game. Uh, yeah. There is a dog that is just climbing onto the couch right next to me. Sorry. <laughs> I heard the shakes and then I saw it. <laughs> yeah, bro. He's just coming on through. Um, like, don't, don't mind me. I'm just going to scooch on, scooch on right here. <laughs> yeah, bro, honestly. <laughs> you know, he's only averaging like Fucking, what? Seven points per game, about eight points per game. Yeah. But he missed three weeks, and he's still averaging that throughout the whole season. So really, his average is probably around like ten to eleven points. What happens when he becomes the Cardinals' number one wide receiver, and we see Kyler Murray being able to throw the ball effectively and efficiently again? You know, that's what we're seeing from him. And I guess time goes on. I think that's he's going to get better. Me too. Final score. Oh, God. You go first. I'm going to say Colts 27, Bengals 17. I'm going to say Bengals 34, Colts 24. I think I could the, the Bengals win this. I could see it. All right. So, Bengals buddies over in Ohio are going to go ahead and take on the Jaguars this week. What are you thinking here, Austin? The Jags. I think the Jags are in real trouble. Especially losing Trevor Lawrence for the next four weeks or so. 
Yeah. Good amount of time. I, I think the but also at the same time, the Browns are down their starting quarterback too, so I don't know. This is a I'm probably only starting ETN. Okay. Jags. Um probably not taking a chance on any of the wide receivers. I might think about Evan Egram as like a nice little security blanket for the Jags. But outside of that, I'm not comfortable starting anyone. And it's kind of the same same logic with the Browns. Jerome Ford. I'm pretty comfortable playing. Fremont. I think he could flex in this game. Put him in a, put him in the starting lineup. I could see it. And I think he gets you ten points. Roughly. Yeah, I'm about on the same page as you. I'm thinking thirteen ten Jags. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna go about seventeen ten personally. But I like it. I got no problems. On to the next. Panthers, Saints. Bro. Saints easy. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a question about it. You star in is Derek Carr out this week again? Uh, he's questionable, I believe, from what I saw. Yeah. Could be wrong. Let me see if I can look this up. I swear to God, he was questionable. But if I'm not. He was limited today. Yeah. Concussion clearance is the only thing that would keep him from returning. So if he doesn't start, you, you start Jameis? No. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. You start Derek Carr? If Derek Carr plays, I'd start him. I think you could start Jameis if if you're kind of if your starting quarterback right. goes down, mm-hmm. like for me, because I lost Joe Burrow. I'd start Jameis. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Um, he he'll probably get you ten to fifteen points because he's gonna have about two hundred forty yards. Passing, but he's gonna have a couple interceptions, maybe a couple touchdowns to go with it. Uh, for the Saints, I think you start Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave. I think it's a lock. Obviously, I think Olave's proven himself. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they're they're kind of banged up on the receiving side of the ball right now too, as well. Um, you start anybody on the Panthers side of the ball, mm. bro? I think Raheed Shahid would be a good start this week, by the way, for the Saints. He might. I mean, he, I could get it because the Saints are kind of banged up offensively to, with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the Panthers side of the ball, I'm not really excited about anyone. I may start Adam Thielen. Yeah. I think Thielen uh, he has, has got himself in the flex lock here category. Cause he, yeah, because he has good yards. He just doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. He has four <laughs> on the year, which isn't horrible, but it's not great either. But he has the catches in the yards. Exactly, because he has 80 receptions for 750 yards and then four touchdowns. So I, I would think about starting him. I would probably lean towards it. Um, but everyone else on the Panther side of the ball, I'm kind of staying away from. Fast score on this one? 
I think it's going to be an easy Saints win, 27 to 10. I'm kind of thinking, I don't know. I really think in 24, mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saints. You say, okay, I thought you were going to go Panthers. They're going to have a game that they win, but it's not going to be a game I bet on. Yeah. It's like the Panthers could be could be good. I think they have the makings. You know, yeah, they have some. They have some good pieces. They have a very talented quarterback in Bryce Young. Now they just need to build around him. Yeah, you know they, they need to do what the Texans did and, and focus on those key positions. Those can't like be holes like line. guard, like offensive line and defensive line, and then at the cornerback spot, right? They need to actually invest some in capital instead of trading it away. Until they do that, and then they invest some money in the offseason. There's going to be plenty of free agents that the Panthers can go out and sign to help. Not necessarily get rid of you know those holes altogether, but they can make some improvements. You know, and give those guys some chances. So this offseason is going to be, be, be big for them. I agree. I'm I agree. to see what they do. Um, you know, there's going to be some good moves that they could definitely make. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is going to be a wide open position, not only in the draft, but during free agency. You know, a lot of great offensive linemen are going to be available this free agency probably. So, do you think because of that? Do you think the offensive line is something they should just have like a like clean the house with? No, they have they have a good right tackle. Um, okay. they have a good left tackle. You know, they both have been playing solid. It's interior pressure specifically. You know, the center does have a great release on the ball. You know, I think getting a Pro Bowl caliber center, honestly, like might be a life changer for that team. Mm-hmm. If they just upgrade their center, that might be all they need to do. But you know, with how poorly the center's been playing, uh, you know, the guards look even worse. So because of that, you know. It makes me think that you want to upgrade at least one of your guards, preferably the left left guard. Mm-hmm. You know, tackle isn't really the issue with the Panthers when I'm watching film. You know, it's not like edge rushers getting a ton of sacks on them. It's defensive ends, defensive tackles. Right. You know, the interior pressure. Yeah, and you know, that's why Bryce Young is like ducking passes is because instead of him having like a 250 pound guy that he doesn't see coming at him when he's trying to throw the ball, he's got a 350 pound ball rolling towards him <laughs> you know that's the difference roll on the ground <laughs> yeah like towards him. there's a big difference there you know like you, you're not aware of the pressure behind you boom you get hit but you got the throw off you step up in the pocket well you know that you're stepping up but when you're forced to run back or you're forced to just brace up for that hit like when you step up in the pocket you know you're getting hit and you kind of brace your shoulder down you know like you know you're getting hit you know, it's coming when when you're in that position, like you're like, I don't want to get hit. So what can I do to not get hit? Yeah. Almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. Point. So, so, you know, that's the thing with Bryce Young is like, I don't think he's had a fair shake yet. You know, other quarterback in this rookie class that we just mentioned, CJ Stroud being so dynamic this game, this season, Texans, Jets, what are we thinking here? Texans move up day and five. Mm-hmm. And take control of the division. Mm-hmm. I think they won pretty easy. 
the Texans defense is going to force Zach Wilson, since he just got in the starter today, to make a couple mistakes and throw an interception or two. But the Texans are going to win like 31 to 13. I think it's funny you say that because well, I have a 31 21 Texans. I can see it. Um, again, I just I think the Jets' key to winning games, especially this year after losing Aaron Rodgers, has been to run the ball, mm-hmm. and they just they don't do that consistently. Like one game, they'll run it, you know, twenty times. The next game, ten times. I don't think that, that they'll be able to run it on the Texans like that. Not enough yard. Uh, they they won't get a lot of yards, but they need to. They need to run the ball, get those, you know, three, four yards per carry. Establish which themselves. Think, which I think they can be multidimensional. Do. Yeah. And not just immediately go one dimensional because we've seen that so many times from the Jets this season. Well, they'll throw the ball 45 times, but only have ran it nine times. Yeah. Right? Bro. And, and I showed you. you. And you can't expect to win the games like that, especially with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. I showed you that game I played online on Madden. I beat that guy 94 to 14. You know, I did that through a balanced offensive attack. He didn't know what was coming. I could hear him through the mic. He's saying, "What? I don't even know what defense to call, bro. Yeah. And, and you know, that's multi-dimensional. That's what happened. That's, yeah, and, and the Jets are not good at doing that this year. Mm-hmm. It's like they forgot how to coach and call plays. Horrible adjustment yeah. skills, it seems like. Do you think Robert Stala is on the hot seat? No, I think they'll give him one more year. I think next I year think so is his a year. I think yeah. he's pretty safe this year. but Because Aaron Rodgers got injured. Yeah, and I think that's the excuse that's going to be made. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're 4-8 and eight with Aaron Rodgers, I think he's on the hot seat. Uh, I think he's right. gone at 4-8. and eight. I, Yeah, I don't think gone yet, but I think he's on, on his way out. Yeah. Right. But so because of that, I, I think next year is his hot seat year, so to speak. 100%. You know, so. People were glamoring about this hot seat this upcoming season. Sean McVay with the Rams going and fighting off the Ravens, who have been dynamic this season, coming off a of bye week. Mar Jackson looking in full form. Zay Flowers looking like he's coming into his own. What are we thinking here? Zay Flowers balling on, boo. The Ravens have been playing well. Rams... Been playing pretty decent, though, as well. I think I'm going to have to give the, the edge to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they're they're too dynamic of a team. I don't think the the Rams have the defense that they once used to to be able to control the game mm-hmm. and that line of scrimmage and keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. You know, what do you think of final scores? Ooh, the final score is going to oh, be something. Yeah, I'm back. I'm thinking the uh, what? Your other one's still here, bro. No, oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. That's gonna make things awkward. This is weird. Okay, there we go. Is it going? We can just cut that out later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. I don't know, man. I feel like it's gonna be. 24 to... I don't think it's going to be a blow. I think it's going to be a mildly close game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like 24-17 type game. Who's um, winning? I, 
the Ravens. I think they're just going to control the game and not necessarily score a lot of points, but they're just going to have that time of possession. And I'm thinking 31-10 Ravens, by the way. I'm thinking completely. So you think mob low. I would not be surprised. I think Puka and Cooper still get their receptions. You know, so like in PPR leagues, I still think they're valuable, even though there's going to be one touchdown on the Rams' side. Yeah. Zay Flowers is a lock. Odell back, of course. I think it's a safe start this week. Lamar, obviously. I start him. Yeah, of course. You don't say him. do either. What about from the Rams' side? Cooper Cup, Puka, and that's about it. Matt Kyron or Matt Stafford? No, I'm not feeling confident in Stafford throwing enough touchdowns, and I think he's going to throw a couple picks. He's definitely going to get sacked a couple times. Yeah, and I've seen in previous previous weeks, like, that middle of the field for the, the Ravens is just so deadly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how good the Rams will be at attacking the outsides. But they got the weapons to attack the middle of the field. They got the weapons to attack deep and the outside. So I'm, I'm interested to see the kind of game plan for throwing the ball that they have going into this. Yeah. So I, think I'm, I, so I think I'm on the same page with you. Same kind of logic. I, I like all those starts, and I think I agree with them all. I got no problem. 100%. All right, so that leads sure. us into our next game, Vikings-Raiders. Oof. Aiden O'Connell, you feeling good against this Vikings defense? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yes. No. Maybe. No. So, maybe. Pick one. Ah, God, man. You put me on the spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm feeling good against Aiden O'Connell. I, I think Joshua Dobbs makes some mistakes. Going to give them the Raiders a short field position a couple times. Okay. Which, which is going to lead to some easy points. I so you think Raiders are going to win it? Yeah. Final yeah. score? Uh, I think it's going to be like 34-27. Uh, 34 to 27. Raiders win. <clears throat> and I mean, for the Raiders, I'm, I'm starting Josh Jacobs, Aiden O'Connell. Um, the thing about the tight end the one he stole from me. Michael Mayer? Yeah, you old bastard. Hey, bro, I didn't steal shit. You stole him from me. I don't, though. You, you picked him up off waivers before I could, and that was some, some BS. I didn't know you wanted him. And I probably start, and I, and I think Devonta Adams, no questions. Yeah. You start him, no matter what. Uh, Josh Jacobs? Good. He's just too good not to start. I already said Josh Jacobs. Oh, or, sorry. No, you're good. But anyone outside of that, I think it's just for those four players from the Raiders for me. I'm start. Yeah, I'm thinking Vikings win this game 24-21. Start Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, I think you Justin start. Jefferson supposed to be 100%. Yep. That's the word on the street. Jordan Addison, I think is a go still. Hawk. I think is a go. Madison, I don't think Hawk. he's going to get enough work. Hawks an easy go, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Raiders, I agree. Adams, you have to go with. O'Connell, I think we'll have a solid game. Not great. Um, super flex, valuable starter. But other than that, I don't know. JJ, yeah, JJ is full go. He's not on the report. So, yeah, I, I so, think you never said JJ. So, is there anyone that you'd be willing to like take a risk on for like a big boom week? Jacoby Meyer, I could see it. I think there's going to be enough enough work there, not necessarily like yardage wise, but enough like short fielded. Red zone yeah. type plays for him to get a touchdown and like three or four catches, which I think is going to be enough because that gets you, you know, 13, 14 points right there. 100%. That's kind of where I was thinking with him. So I could see it. I'm not surprised. We know he has the potential to have over a 100 yard game, too. So, yeah, easy potential. So, you know, against a mediocre Vikings defense that might have to double team Adams. Mm-hmm. Opens up the door for Jacoby to have a great day. Yep. Especially if he's getting slotted up in that seam where they're going to be playing on a, you know, uh, cross coverage. So, you know, they might be running like a robber look on one side and a Tampa two on the other, mm-hmm. you know. And the reason they're running the robber on one side is because they're trying to go ahead and shift the field to watch the backfield on one side and also have the double coverage on Devontae Adams still. But now you get to trade that off for, you know, just a full zone coverage scheme that goes ahead and helps you cover out everything else on the field. Right. So with that being said, that leads us into our next matchup. Seahawks, 49ers. Oof. I think Rock Birdie, DMC, 49ers win. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Kittle, anybody that's uh, wearing red, DK, I'd start, Gino, I'd be hesitant, but if you don't think he's going to throw too many picks, then go for it. That's your call. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable starting him this week, but if you think against me, I wouldn't blame you. Um, JSN, I feel like, is going to have some work this week. Yep. I agree. And Charbonnet is probably going to get some work. He might have a 100-yard performance in total. Um, so you don't get that boost, but I could see him getting a touchdown and a few receptions. Mm, I'd, I'd lean Kenneth Walker over him. It's kind of healthy this week? Yeah, he's not on injury report. Okay, cool. But yeah, obviously Kenneth Walker. Um. Do you think Zach Charbonnet is ever going to, like, do you, do you think they're ever going to be like Jan Warren and Najee Harris where they're both valuable most weeks? No. Just because I don't think they run the yeah. ball enough. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I don't agree with that, but they also, that's not who the Seahawks are either. Right. You know. So Walker is listed as questionable currently. I was looking at ESPN. I didn't see that. As of two hours ago, Walker, oblique, was a non-participant at Wednesday's practice. Oh, that's wild. ESPN whack then. Yep, yep. That's so crazy. That's so that's crazy. crazy. Was that article written? Okay, that you know what it might be? That article might have been written earlier in the day because that report wouldn't have came out until 
around 6 p.m., maybe 7 p.m. No, I'm like, looking at the game cast. The... Well, no, that would have been 5 p.m. in Washington. Yeah, I guess whenever they listed the injury report. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Anyways. Because if they listed at like noon or something, then that yeah. could be where that's at. But maybe it's just not reported on yet. Is Charbonnet, uh, I mean, if Walker doesn't play, Charbonnet's a go. Charbonnet, I think, is who needs to go. Um, but if Walker plays, I think coming back from injury, they might slow him into it. But then I wouldn't play either one of them. But if Walker is more like a full go, then I think you play Walker mm-hmm. easy because they're going to feed him. They're going to give him the workload. And he'll probably. Might not get the yardage or get that hundred yard bonus, but he's going to get a touchdown and a few catches. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Any other starts this week for you? No, that's about it for me. Um, there's not a whole lot. Final score down the Seahawks. San Fran, thirty four to thirteen. I think it's another going to be another blow like last week for the Forty Niners. I'm thinking 41-27, 49ers. 41-27. A little bit below, not too bad. 14 points. Yeah. I like it. I'm with it. I agree. That leads us into an AFC heavyweight matchup. Bills on a Chiefs. God, dude, both teams are playing like ass. They are. They are. So I don't even know who to pick for this one. Um, but I got to ride it with my starting quarterback and... And Patty Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs win this one. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 24 overtime game. No T on it. I'm calling OT on it. And I, it's another game where Josh Allen gets scared of the coin toss. Possibly. What's the repercussion for you calling OT? None. <laughs> Do we just get one overtime pick a game a week? I, I think there's there's no repercussions. There's no repercussions for you in the tie. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so That's fair. I wouldn't be... I mean, there, this is what... I mean, they've already gone twice now. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs and the Bills, so... I could see going a third time. That's fair. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be either. So And I'm kind of rooting for it. I think we're fun. It would be kind of funny if this was a tie. That would be wild if it was a tie. <laughs> Just ended in a tie. That would be so crazy, dude. <laughs> the tiebreakers after that would be nutty. Oh, my God. You want to know what to do? The AFC would just... The whole AFC would be shook because, you know, the Broncos are competing for a spot. The Raiders are competing for a spot. The Dolphins are trying to hold their spot for the Bills. And then, like, where a tiebreaker might come in is if Broncos end up winning throughout the rest of the season and the Chiefs drop a couple more games and then they go and get the first seed and then now they're in over the Chiefs and now the Chiefs are going to be for a wild card spot but the Bills are too because the Dolphins are already in and, and now that you got this tie that's going to be settled in conference wins which they have a similar amount to like th- this if this game ends in a tie bro it literally could just end up fucking everything up if this game ends in a tie it's because of Taylor Swift True, Travis. You know, you can just blame it on being, just blame it on Taylor Swift. 
even though she was like the person of the year, but she wouldn't be the person of the year in this case because Chiefs lost because of her. I'm going to say 24-17 Bills. 4-17. It could be a very low-scoring game, so this would kind of be a game that I'd, I'd probably bet the under on. Yeah. Any, any fancy starts that are notable this week for you? Rasheed Rice? No offense is looking great. Um, Rasheed Rice, I'd probably take a fly on. Gabe Davis for the Bills, I'd take a fly on. <laughs> Which one would you rather start, Rice or David? Uh, I have more faith in the Chiefs, so Rice. I agree. I, I, I don't like the Bills' offense enough. I think it's better that they have Joe Brady. Um, I think he could do good things for them. But all in all, I, I think Rice, I think it is the obvious answer. Gabe Davis just hasn't really done anything this year, whereas we've seen some flashes from Rasheed Rice. Under, what about you? All right. Man, I'm not feeling safe from Gabe Davis at all. Stefan Diggs is going to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. Dawson Kincaid, I think, is going to be pretty solid. Um, you know, I think I'm expecting 11 points from him this week. Josh Allen, I don't think he's going to have a great week. Um, and the Chiefs side of the ball, I'm feeling good with Rice. I'm feeling good with Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, you know. Pacheco, I think, is actually going to be the one of the touchdowns that the Chiefs score that I'm predicting. But after that, um, Ooh. you know, I think he's going to have probably five receptions, 80 yards on the ground. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I like it. So, you know. That's all I got to say. And we were just talking about the Broncos in this division. They have a divisional matchup against the Chargers coming up. What you thinking here? Uh, I think the Broncos continue rolling. Man. I don't say this being really a challenging game for them. Um, thinking about this one. So I think you start Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton. I think are pretty safe starts. But for the Chargers, Austin Eckler. You might be able to start Justin Herbert, but he also might have a game like he did last week against the Patriots where he's not worth a damn, you know. Keenan Allen, I think, is an obvious start. Yeah. Maybe Gerald Everett if you need a tight end stream. I'm thinking it's kind of final score for me is 27-3 Broncos. Points. Wait, say that's I- again? 27 to 3 Broncos. 27 to 3. I was kind of thinking like 31 to 7 Broncos. Because of that, I'm staying away from anybody wearing powder blue. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still willing to, to bet on Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen's still going to get seven catches probably. They're, but, they're still going to get that. To get those points, right? I, I think because the offense runs through them both, so they're going to get their work. They're going to get their points, and they're going to get you at least, you know, at least fifteen points. Hundred percent. No, I understand definitely for sure. Staying away from someone like Justin Herbert, Joe Everett, and everyone else on the Chargers. It just seems like there's something in the water over there in LA, and I don't like it. But what do you that think the problem us? is with them, though, real quick? Coaching. Literally. Just coaching style. They got the talent. 
it's, I mean, someone it's just said proven, that he goes back down. That, that roster, it's proven that that roster can go to the playoffs. Yeah. The roster is the same. What the fuck happened? You have Cleo Mack, who's the top three sack leader in the NFL right now. Quietly. Do you think he gets fired after this year? He should. But do you think he will? No. Yeah. Even though he should. He should. <laughs> Staley should be fired. He should be gone by now. He should have been gone earlier. Yeah. I think they're wasting that talent on that offense. Wasting prime years of those contracts. You have a superstar team assembled right now. Like, although Joey Bosa's are injured right now, like, you got Cleo Mack, you got Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. You have hella weapons in your secondary. You know, you have Austin Eckler, you have Keenan Allen, you have Justin Herbert, you have a good offensive line led by Rashawn Slater. You know, you got it. You just got a great team put together. You know, you got Gerald Everett, Quinn Johnson, who should have been a lock to be a great receiver, and he's just suffering right now because the offense is so bad. Mike Williams, when he's healthy. Because he should be much better than he is. The whole team should be better than they are. Yeah. But it's kind of unfortunate. Speaking of loaded rosters, NFC heavyweight matchup. Eagles, Dallas. I'm starting Jalen Hurts. I think Dallas was. I'm sorry. Ooh, I'm sorry, DeAndre Swift. I'm starting AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Dallas Goddard. I'm starting. Hmm. Who else? Devontae Smith is probably a safe start. I was on the fence about him, but. Yeah, you know, honestly, fuck it. I start him. Fuck it. You know, I think that this will be a high-scoring affair. Broncos, or not Broncos, but Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott has been playing out of his fucking mind. I think that he's a lock for fantasy at this point. I see him throwing three touchdowns, one pick, 300-plus yards. That's kind of why I'm pegging Dak Prescott up. As for the rest of the team, you know, C.D. Lamb has done nothing but prove himself worthy. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think, is a comfortable start this game. I think that they're go- he's going to be a requirement for the Dallas Cowboys to win, mm-hmm. which I do think that they're going to do. Uh, I think that's going to be 31-24 Dallas Cowboys. What was your final score? Uh, I think it's going to be like 42-27 to 27 Cowboys win. All right. I think that's going to keep on rolling. Any objection after my starts and sits? No, I think you start everyone you can. Yeah. For most part on both teams. I think it's gonna I think it's a blood batter. Yeah. I almost kinda I don't know. I almost was gonna say it's gonna come down to who has the ball last, but I think the Cowboys are gonna be up by seventeen points by that point, so it's not gonna matter really. Hundred percent. I think that leads us into our next game. Titans, Dolphins. Mm. Tyreek Dolphins easy Tyreek could technically break the record this game you'd have to get a lot of yards but yeah he could (laughs) he could do it bro you'd have to get 500 he could do it against the Titans defense bro 
I mean, he could, but unlikely. He'll probably get like 170. Yeah, probably. But still, imagine. I think you start Tua. I think you start, obviously, Tyreek. <laughs> and you start Jalen Waddle. You start Raheem. Um, yeah, I would. Double checking Tyreek's stats, by the way. That's why I'm on my phone. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're good. Uh, I think Raheem, most of Yeah, he would need start. 519 yards. He probably won't yeah. get it this game. But there's a team. No. If there's if there's a team that he could do this against. Imagine if Tyreek had a 500 yard game, bro. How could you deny him MVP? Because he didn't break the record, yet technically. Well, with that with that type of game, he would have. If he got 519, but you said 500. So ha, ha ha. If he if he goes out and has 519 yards, bro, breaks the record. Has that signature, just like obscene fucking game. Mm-hmm. What happens? I think he catapults into the MVP race. I do too. I, I think that's what happens. I, I think he probably possibly goes up number two because I think Dak Prescott is probably number one right now. I agree. And then, then number two, I would think. I'm thinking 42 10 fins. 42 to 10. I'm thinking like 45 to 17. Since. <laughs> um, I, I think Will Levis, you could you could start. I feel pretty good because this game, he might have an interception, but guess what? He's going to have a fumble recovery and a tackle possibly. <laughs> so, you know, gets hey, more added bonus points <laughs> if, if your league counts for tackles. Um, yes, sir. But I think he gets a couple touchdown plays. Get a, and then I think he's going to get like 270 to 300 yards passing. Um, and then Derrick Henry, I think you can safely start most weeks, if not every week. Yeah. Because the Dolphins' defense plays well as a unit, but they got some holes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're running. Their run defense has not always been great, but they have played well in games, but they haven't been consistent every game. So I would feel comfortable starting King Henry. D-Hop, I'd probably start in this game. 100%. But I think that's about it, honestly. I can see why you want to start D-Hop. Personally, I wouldn't start Levis or D-Hop this game. Henry, I think, is a lock. But personally, I just disagree. I can see where you're coming from, and I understand it. I just disagree. I get it. I think if you're really needy, you could do it. But, like, we're talking about, like, sub-16 weeks for both the players. Hey, and if you got players out on bye or injured. That's true. That's not bad. That's true. Um, There's no bye weeks this week, though. Whatever. Same thing. Same thing. Final game of the week, the 16th game of the week. Oh, actually, is there teams on the bye right now? There are two, so eat it. There are two. Cardinals and Washington. I knew there was two teams. I swear to God. I was like, I'm not crying. I was like, oh, wait, hold up. 15th game of the week. <laughs> yep, you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, bro, the most forgettable teams. Can you blame me? I mean, you're not wrong. The Chiefs are kind of forgettable, too, at this point. <laughs> so Packers, Giants, Monday Night Football. Packers, easy. Packers easy, I agree. 
Uh, although Tommy DeVito's kind of been playing pretty good. He might be worth a start. Tommy Money, bro. Even even playing pretty solid, man. He might be worth a little start. He makes start start. I could see it. I could definitely see it. Oh. Um, I think the final score is 31-21 Packers. So, you know, he's yeah. still valuable in that scenario. So, yeah, I can see a start for Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Anyone else for the Giants? Tommy does something very well that isn't praised enough, and that's he spreads the ball around a lot. So for yeah. fantasy owners, it's not as great, but, like, in actual NFL play, like, it's really helpful. So because of that, I'm not feeling too hot on anybody in the receiving core for the Giants. So... DeVito's probably my only start, really. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Tommy DeVito's the only one that can start. I was trying to think of a counter-argument, but I couldn't come up with one. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't think of anything, so I was like, well, I guess I gotta agree, because I think you are, are correct in that Tommy DeVito is really the only one worth starting outside of Saquon, and I don't think Saquon's playing this week. Yeah. Obviously, Saquon plays, he gets a nod. Right. But on like the Packers side of the ball, Giants don't have anyone worth a damn on the receiving yeah. or any in backup running backs worth playing. On the Packers side of the ball, Jordan Love, I think, is a pretty good start. Christian, I think he can go. I think he's a Romeo Dobbs. How are we feeling? If you need a flex. And then uh, I'm forgetting the guy from Michigan State that just drafted. Do you remember his name? January. Uh, January. Um, I pass on him this week. Do you think he has that boom potential though this week? Yeah, I could see him getting 15 points or so. Nothing more. Hey, you know what? That's all I need. Because <laughs> I'm starting him in our other league. Hell yeah. What's the final score of this game? I think the Packers went pretty easy. 34 to 14. Ooh, you got a blowout. I think it is going to be a pretty good blowout. Let's do a wrap-up. Run it back from the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Steelers-Patriots, you say 17-7 Steelers. I say 13-3 Steelers. Do you do you lock in? Lock in. Falcons-Bucks, 21-17 Bucks. 27-13 Falcons. That was easy. Bears Lions. The Lions twenty seven seventeen. I said thirty four thirteen. That was easy. Okay. Colts Bengals. You said Bengals thirty four twenty four. I said Colts twenty seven seventeen. Easy. Okay. No questions. Jags Browns seventeen ten Jags. I said thirteen ten Jags. Yep. Lock in. All right. Panthers Saints twenty seven ten Saints twenty four ten Saints on my end. Yep, no change. Texans, Jets, you said 31-13 Texans. I said 31-21 Texans. Yep. Rams, Ravens, you said 24-17 Ravens. I said 31-10 Ravens. Yep. Vikings, Raiders, you said 34-27 Raiders. I said 24-21 Vikings. Yep. Seahawks, 49ers, you said 34-13 49ers. I said 41-27 49ers. Yeah, no change. Bills Chiefs, 31-24 Chiefs overtime victory. I said 24-17 Bills. Yep. Easy. 
Broncos Chargers. You said 31-7 Broncos. I said 27-3 Broncos. No change. I'm good with those. Eagles-Dallas, 42-27 Cowboys. I said 31-24 Cowboys. Yep. Titans-Dolphins. You said 45-17 Fins. I said 42-10 Fins. Yep. And finally, Packers-Giants. 34-14 Packers. 31-21 Packers. Yep. I'm good with all that. All right. I, I got nothing Lock. to change. He locked it in. in. Lock it in. All right. Locking it in, my guy. Um, <laughs> so the chat, our Facebook girlfriend was going crazy. She's a major Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, she posted something that Swifty said. She's like, football is awesome. Turns out I've been missing out my whole life. And she's like, she's <laughs> so real for this. <laughs> I was like, she wild for that, bro. She wild for that. Dude, she just kept hominating Taylor Swift stuff. <laughs> and she's like, we love the Chiefs. Go Travs. <laughs> wild. Absolute wild. Um, but before we get off and end this episode, I want I, w- I want you to give me three Dark Horse players for the week. Before the Dark Horse, I do want to say this. My aunt, I was hanging out with her the other day. And she asked, she's a big Taylor Swift fan. And she said, was Travis Kelsey really even like that relevant before Taylor Swift? And I was like, Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, he he was like the best tight end of the NFL and still is. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I, I love telling her that Travis Kelsey made Taylor Swift famous. Yeah. It's so fun. She gets, she just rolls her eyes at me, but it's fun to say. I didn't know who Taylor Swift was before Travis Kelsey started dating her. Most people didn't, man. That's how I most, feel. Most people didn't. And that's okay. So, and that's okay. Dark Horse Candidates. Yeah, people you don't think are going to do good, but that you could see a real possibility of them exploding for at least like 15 points. Michael Pittman. Solid answer. George Pickens. I accept. And Travis Etienne. See, the only problem I have with your list is George Pickens. I personally would say JSN over Pickens. (laughs) Just because I think there's going to be more opportunity in that game and it's going to be more of a blowout. We're not really blow about more high scoring affair. I think the Steelers come out pissed. And I think a big thing is just going to be getting George Pickens on crossing routes and getting him mm-hmm. deep. Because I think that they are going to sling the ball to their detriment, but they're going to. And George Pickens will be the beneficiary of it. And if it goes right, it's big points. Yeah. I agree. JSN, like, like I, I can, he has the potential, I, I but the issue is like Sorry, I just wanted to wrap up on this point on the comparison. No, you're good. Um, the thing is with JSN, you know, like it's the issue with JSN is different than the issue with George Pickens. George Pickens get the gets the targets when he gets open. JSN doesn't because they're trying to force the ball to DK Metcalf or they're just taking the pass to Noah Fant. That that they just are routinely. George Pickens gets open. Maybe he shouldn't be slow. Pickens? Pickens should just not be slow and be a little bit quicker. Hmm? 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 He could. Hmm? He could. Big brain. Big brain. I like it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, what were you saying? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um, Just at the end of the day, you know, the matchups that he's going to be getting against the Patriots, I think, are going to be significantly better than the matchups that JSN's going to end up having to deal with. I, I get it. Um... Like I said, I just think there's going to be too much work to go around in that game. 
for the Seahawks yeah. receivers. I think they're going to pass enough to where that that potential is there for JSN to get that extreme so, work. Okay, realistically, four receptions, seven targets, right? If if we're playing this scenario realistically. And let's say 60 yards being generous, you know, that's 10 points. And if he gets a touchdown, so that makes him touchdown reliant to get up to 16. Now, George Pickens, on the other side of it, like if the Steelers are going to play how I think that they're going to play, he's going to end up getting probably six targets, three or four receptions. I think probably three callbacks. I'm seeing him getting more yardage because I think that they're going to be deeper passes and probably a touchdown. So I'm seeing him get like 70 yards, 80 yards on three three or four receptions. I don't disagree with the argument and I, and I understand it and I, and I agree. It's just like for, if we're talking like I'd put him at like four, right. But Mm -hmm. we're just picking three. I like the potential JSN more. That's fair. And I, I put JSN at like five. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pickens goes off for 20 this game because against a degraded Patriots defense and a very sad Patriots offense, mm-hmm. it's very very likely the Steelers could be on the field offensively a lot this game. Yeah. Um, just because of how bad the Patriots offense is, not necessarily because of how good the Steelers defense is, though. Um, even though the Steelers have a great defense, I think the offense is just so atrocious. And that there's going to be just hundreds of running and, and three and outs that they're going to get good field position. And well, you know, that I, would, the... I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he go, Bailey Zapp goes and throws two or three picks in the first half, then Mac Jones gets put in and he throws another two picks. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah. And the Steelers just start off with a good field position and they just put up like 35 points. That's a scenario to see happen. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Like I said, pathetic Patriots offense. It's rough. No matter who's the, no matter who's the quarterback, and and I think that's really their big issue. And last thing I'll say about them is I hope I hope to God they draft someone. <laughs> Me too, bro. For your sake. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you. leaving it on that. Thank you guys for tuning in on episode 100 of the Sporting Sporting Lounge. Congratulations, Austin. You made it through all 100 episodes. I have survived. <laughs> I have survived. Kudos, kudos. Do a little rain dance for you. Um, Thank you. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe. Uh, follow us on our Facebook page over at the Sporting Lounge. Don't forget to throw me a follow at twitch.tv slash information. And with that being yeah. said, I hope you guys have a great night and bye-bye. Peace.